This is about to get lit. Uh, this is the Victory Click Podcast. Uh, uh, this is the Victory Click Podcast uh, with your boy, the Prince of Rhodes. Y'all know who I am. Probably don't. I hate when rappers say that shit. <laughs> you already know who it is. <laughs> no, we've never heard of you. Little, little, little <laughs> um, but we got Tony here too, Tone Man. What's are you good, still y'all? going by Tone Man? I'm going by Tone Man. What's good, y'all? Okay. Uh, first, we got to acknowledge, uh, thank you, anybody, for listening. Uh, whatever platform you're listening on, leave us a like. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit that thumbs up, subscribe, ring that bell. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow, a like, a favorite. If you're listening, if you found us on Instagram, I don't care how you found us, like us, follow us, subscribe to us. Y'all know it, it's free. You just do it. It sure like, is. Uh, Anyways, Tony, we'll be back to get into. Uh, We need to introduce anything before we go on. Um, Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. I said all that. Um, Yeah, what we got to talk about today? Man, it's a whole. I guess we should acknowledge the fact that we're making a podcast. We're doing this. Oh, yeah, man, we sure are. Everybody else right now. I mean, we sure are. In fact, there's a lot that we need to talk about. But first, I just that damn like, Tesla stock is through the roof, or at least it was. That should drop right back down like every goddamn thing else. <laughs> you, you mean? Look, I bought that. I bought that stock two weeks ago at four hundred and forty dollars. On the first day, it went up to five hundred dollars, and the next day it went down fifty. Then the next week went down another hundred. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying, bro. And you know, that's why the stock market is kind of like a game, you know. And it's like. Like the best way to win is to invest for long term versus short term, unless you know what you're doing. But but the only people that know what they're doing are Warren Buffett, and he is 80 years old. And you know, he yeah, he's literally like the only guy. That's just that. And there are other investors, but Warren Buffett is like not taking any else. But he also he's known for saying like nobody wants to get rich slow. Um, somebody asked him, you know, your investment strategy returns money every time. Why don't more people do it? And he said, you know, nobody wants to get rich slow. Nobody. Uh, And that's, that's actually a reason why, like you see a lot of these athletes and lottery winners go broke so fast is because they make their money in so much in a shorter, in short term. Like imagine if, you know, you're 21 years old and you sign a contract where you're getting paid $30 million over four years. And if you excel at your job, you get another contract worth five years, I don't know, $80 million or more, which is... That's the life. Shoot, let a couple million dollars fall out the sky for me. I'll take a record contract right now. Man. Now, I'm not going to sell my soul for that shit, though. <laughs> they be like, we need all of the rights to everything you do, YouTube videos, all that stuff for the next 10 years. And we also own everything you make. Anything with your name on it, we own it. We yep. own your signature. We own your style. <laughs> we own, own your likeness. Literally says selling your whole entire life away. They're literally selling our culture back back to us, which is bad. They're literally selling us back to us. Like you can, you know how crazy it is that somebody can own your likeness. Hey man, that's my face you have on a commercial. 
Remember that time Dr. King came back in that episode of uh, The Boondocks? That was one of the funniest episodes. We said, well, y'all niggas sit down and shut up in the church. And the thing is, he had he was in like an Apple commercial. He was like, you know, I really feel like people should uh, <laughs> clear this with me before they do that. And they're like, Amber no. don't miss. Oh, that's what I meant to ask. Before we just jump into stuff, what are you listening to right now? What you, uh, what you watching? What you reading? What you, what you up in? Man, it's been it's been a lot of stuff. I've been all over the place in between, you know, trying to educate myself on, you know, politics, the economy, trying to better my skills for work, and also listening to some ignorant music. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I, what's crazy is I've been on it's a wave. That high class low life shit. I love that's my vibe. Literally, like I've been on the wave of listening to X and Ski Mask lately, and you know, Ski yeah, Mask maybe. And the thing is, Ski Mask may be, uh, I don't call him a psychopath, but a psychopath? That's the right word? You know, and he may sound crazy as hell, him and X together, but they definitely made some bangers. I'm not going to lie. Like, Ski Mask... Uh, I think they're just off-kilter. I don't think they're, like, crazy. They're just against the grain. That's actually... <laughs> that's probably huh? it. I said that might be a better word for itself, because there was this one specific bar in a song... Where he literally says, "Yeah, I'm smoking cat piss." I was like, "Negro, what did you just say?" And he's just talking about smoking weed. And never in my life will ever will I ever call the marijuana I would smoke uh, animals piss, unless that I shit mean, is so strong. Some people rappers have a really unique way of just making everything just sound funny or interesting, uh, and you got to just give that to you know mostly black people. Uh, for just turning mostly black people to just black people, period. I don't yeah. know why I said mostly black people <laughs> for turning their our tragedies into greatness. Because <laughs> well, I mean, people will call crack and all sorts of things, all sorts of fun, exciting names. <laughs> 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 that shit is just great marketing. Uh, you know, it was funny. There's a song I heard on Twitter the other day where the guy was like, I don't saw crack. I'm giving these niggas some booger sugar. I was like, what the fuck did you just say? He said, I'm giving these niggas some booger sugar, which is literally cocaine. In fact, E40, you know, listen, E40 was called cocaine, nasal candy, and nostril dust. And I was like, I love my black folk, but they kill me some, sometimes, man. I can't with us half the time. And that's a compliment. Oh. That's not an insult. It's just, but that reminds me of the show I'm watching right now. It's called Woke on Hulu. Yo, They're I'm not watching that too. I'm on. Yes, like, that shit is so funny. You saw that part where T.J. Miller's character was trying to pitch to them cocaine. Yeah, he's like, I have some revitalizing uh, <laughs> some, some <laughs> supplements like, and powdered form. <laughs> it is pure like energy, <laughs> and I was like, you mean coke? No, 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 no it's not coke. <laughs> it's perfectly legal. I was like, no, it's not. In fact, I think um, in one episode, he, he was like, what you need to do is you need to self-medicate and go in your room. Like, no, that's how you become an addict. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on like... Um, yeah, that show is great, though. And the thing is, is that I'm a... Uh, I guess you would say I'm a cartoonist, but I'm like a mangaka, which... Uh, shout out to anybody out there that watches anime. You know what a mangaka is. They're the people that make the manga, which are the comics not a lot of anime are based on right. and i'm drawing my own anime and i'm basing it on my 
oh, I'm not drawing my own anime. I'm drawing my own comic and I'm basing it off my rap persona. Um, but I just think watching this show is kind of a really interesting thing, uh, especially just being in the position that I'm in. You mean but, like as far as like as far as like being an artist and trying to make your way? Because yeah, well, what's crazy is for like any like for like any of the any listeners that have not seen seen the show yet. Basically, woke. Yeah, let's not spoil too much. Well, like here's like here's like the basic plot. No spoilers, FY. It's basically so the show like is basically about a black man in San Francisco who is an artist uh, like during this time, and he has um, I'll say a revelation as far as his position in America, and it's just about how he, he wakes up, he becomes woke. That's actually it, and basically like his whole entire viewpoint on his art just changes significantly, like one hundred percent. And I would like, and I would definitely like recommend it to like anyone that wants to watch it because the show does a really good job touching on modern like issues within the inner city, aka gentrification, you know, and also trying to navigate you being a black artist and how black art is monetized. Commoditized. Yeah. Now, heads up. Yeah, it's a really good commentary. Oh yeah. It, <laughs> and I'm not gonna listen. I I can't talk about it right now because it'll spoil things, but. Then that first was, episode was hilarious. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I'm it definitely was. I like I said, everybody who's out there listening, definitely check that out because that that shit is funny. Yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, what else are you watching right now? What are you listening to? Reading anything? Um, let me think. I was actually watching uh, the boys recently, which that show hey, was another about that show. You said what? I said that's another show everybody's been talking about. And you know what's what's great about that show as well is is basically imagine if superheroes were actually real in real life because you know how yeah, well my favorite on- comic of all time is Watchmen by Alan Moore, uh, yep. and that's basically the premise of that. Except you know it's really crazy. I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm sorry to just kind of uh, go off. No, but just remind me to come back to Watchmen. You finished talking about the voice. Okay. okay. You know, so basically, um, the boys, that show does a really good job with social commentary as well. But basically, you know how it's superhero films, like with Marvel and DC, the superheroes are all the time pure, or they try to be pure or whatnot, try to have their own yeah. agenda just for good. In this show, it basically shows like superheroes as if they are like monetized, pretty much realistic, you know. Yeah. And it's really they did a really good job like the satire as far as you know the dc universe like pretty much imagine superman was a nationalistic american to put it to put it that way and yeah and it's pretty crazy how if in real life under donald trump's presidency these superheroes were real they would definitely be used by us americans to push the american agenda around the world to put it to put it that way you know it's a, it's a very very like gruesome show. Just a heads up, but it'll definitely captivate oh, you. It'll bring you. That in. sounds right along with Watchmen. Yeah, uh, Watchmen, and I think Watchmen is kind of funny because Watchmen is set in 1985 uh, when we were in the middle of the Cold War, and everyone felt like, you know, these bombs could go off and end the world at any minute, which kind of feels like right now, considering you know America is literally on fire. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, there's no way around it. It's literally on fire. Yeah. 
but in Watchmen, a lot of the characters, you know, I mean, actually all of the characters just flat out work for the government. There was a bill that was passed that said any uh, hero that didn't work for the government was considered a vigilante and would be locked up. And it just is, that should, <laughs> that comic yeah. and that, uh, just a story that Alan Moore crafted is literally going to be, I mean, it literally might be the best superhero story of all time for me. It might be. Uh, because it ties into stuff that is realistic as far as what the American like government would do with people that had this. And it's not even just the government, but I mean, that shit is eye-opening to think about like what God thinks about. And Alan Moore is a really fucking weird dude, but I love him for being weird. That man says he's a magician uh, <laughs> in the sense that he can create worlds and stuff with his words. And that's basically like a magic spell. Or he just flat out practices magic. Uh, and I think it's both. Say, man, I'm gonna just give you a heads up. Huh? That's some HP Lovecraft shit, man. Oh yeah, that that dude is fucking nuts. <laughs> However, that pen of his is great. Um, but yeah, he's he crafts the comic in a way that like makes you kind of understand like how time and stuff works and like how there's only one being in that universe that has powers and is Dr. Manhattan. <clears throat> and Dr. Manhattan is basically like God, except because of the whole superheroes act, he has to work for the United States government. Yep. And this guy literally writes a book on that. He said, God, no, he said, uh, first he wrote a book and, you know, he, he was quoted for saying like, Superman exists and he is American. And then, like, That's after what happened. basically. That's literally um, what happened in The Boys, man. Literally, Superman yeah. is an American. Yeah. And um, literally, Dr. Manhattan single handedly ends a war. And, you know, there's a news cycle that comes out like the next day. Like, you know, and he says, no, no, no. Uh, you are mistaken. I didn't say Superman exists and he's American. I said God exists and he is American. Uh, and it's just really interesting. And I, I'm not gonna, I mean, even if we could spend three podcasts on this and I couldn't uh, dissect it enough, but I just really recommend everyone read it, watch it. Uh, there's a motion comic out, really good. Uh, there's also, if you don't want to sit and read it, there's fucking. A Watchmen TV show as well, viewers. If you have, oh yeah, that's like the spinoff. But you have to read the comic because that's where that picks off at. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about Alan Moore too is that he got really screwed over by DC, so he has denounced anything uh, attached to Watchmen uh, outside of him, and he refuses to work on it or whatever because they really screwed him out of it because he thought he was going to own it at the end of the day. Man, oh, man, oh, man. And that's what we were talking about too earlier before a podcast as far as imagine if you're an artist and they own your work. And literally like yeah. of, uh, work that you do that is related to the thing that you sign for, you get sued out of your ass. Yeah. And then you still work for them. Therefore, you got to make more stuff. It's literally, yeah. I don't even call it slavery, but it's literally uh, selling your No, life. it's slavery. It's new slavery modern day slaves yeah. um, and that is a great transition into our topic about how the current 
media industry is predatory. Oh uh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Man. And I just want to take a second. I'm, I, of course, own a media company. Um, that is why I'm distributing all this stuff, this music, podcast, all that kind of thing. But black people very rarely own these companies. And I mean, now we're getting more and more people, but the ratio is still very, very disproportionate. Um, which is why every time we hear about a story about a, uh, an independent artist or whatever actually making it, especially an independent rapper, uh, we always champion that because the, the fucking cards are stacked against us. Um, it really is. And literally taking a record contract is like selling your soul. And I mean, it's literally that age-old tale, but, you know, there's really no reason this industry has to be predatory. I mean, granted, I guess at the end of the day, all businesses want to grow, yep. but I mean, that gets into a whole different conversation about like, you know, just assuming this is not coming from a place of race. Uh, if we're just talking about the economic reasons why businesses are just fucking evil, uh, it's all you know, this is all... Well, yeah, but uh, this is all under the assumption that, you know, money is like zero sum. Like people have to be poor for some people to be rich. But I mean, in all honesty, you know, we're going to have to figure out something in terms of like the economy or whatever. Because uh, I think we're, you know, the digital age and stuff that we're going into, all of this sounds kind of non sequitur, but just bear with me audience and also you tell <laughs> no no no, no. Uh, okay yeah the we're in a digital age and we're relying super heavily on media entertainment and all of that right now to basically pick up everything uh that we're doing <clears throat> uh, and the thing is is that black people are not in positions to take advantage of that uh like at all in this country and I mean you know it, I mean, it, it almost seems like there's no other way but I know there has to be I mean well let's just think about it right um by media okay let's just let's just first like define what we mean by the media like are we talking like in terms of social media movies uh, TV I mean all or, media I mean people that own the fucking media I'm talking about like uh, Disney. The, yeah, the people sitting on those boards. Yeah. How many? How many uh, people of color do you think sit on the boards of those companies? Probably zero, because <laughs> the people that run those companies are the top one percent of the world. I mean, just really think about it. You know. A lot of the media that we have in America is really owned by maybe a handful of big conglomerates. And the biggest one that- I actually wrote an article about that a few years back. Uh, it's owned by six companies, basically, and the biggest which one is the devil's number. <laughs> and, and, the <laughs> one, <laughs> and the biggest one that people know about is Disney. No, in fact, Disney owns the- they own the most profitable movie franchise in history. That's Marvel's Cinematic Universe. 
They also own the top five. Hold on, let me fact 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 check that real quick. But like top ten, a movie uh, franchises that Star Wars as well. They own the rights uh, from uh, Mr. Lucas. Well, they just bought Fox too, so they own yeah. Avatar. They also bought. Um, who, who else? They also bought like they also bought ESPN, probably the biggest outside of Fox Sports uh, sports media company in this entire uh, country, maybe the world. I got to fact check that that as well they already have so much power as far as what we see and what we control that they can control the narrative in fact they do control the narrative. here's the thing it's really funny you say that because you're only talking about in terms of content though that's it uh but there are other juggernauts when it comes to uh other media because you got to think about it media isn't just a content we consume it's the the method in which we watch it and consume it on remember yesterday when we were test running this podcast you know we were talking about what's the best platform to put this on uh you know joe budden right now is battling with spotify but you know there are those platforms are also media because they can manipulate how the information is getting received even if, if it's a movie or a song uh, or anything, you know, Netflix is the middleman. They don't create that content, but they're involved in mediating it to us. Yep. Uh, but when you start thinking about phone companies and like people that own literally like cell phone towers, yeah, like Verizon. You know, in fact, I learned that the reason why Verizon is what was or probably still is like the number one phone, uh, I'll say phone company, is because during the 90s and probably like the 2000s, they started owning all the clicker towers around here that controls, you know, cell, like cell reception and everything. So basically, yeah. like, they own the tool that allows you to come be saving function. And that's what I was about to say next, because, you know, even in media, Think about how long it was before we had Disney Plus. Disney, the $50 billion company, right? Yeah. Um, This big-ass company still had to split the profits with little old Netflix. And I'm not going to say little old Netflix because Netflix is worth a couple billion right now, right? Uh, Let me check real quick. What Netflix worth... Give me one second, because I'm going to fact check that that way. We'll give our audience some correct information. Yeah. Uh, 20, 20, 20 billion, not 2 billion. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's a pretty nice number. I mean, but their, their margins are paper thin, though. They literally have to pump out content all the time in oh. order to keep the users happy, which means they're spending, if they are worth, if their annual budget is like, I don't know, maybe $5 billion. Uh, then we're talking four of that is getting spent on content acquisition and marketing. Oops. Sorry about that. I was just reading something real quick, and I just learned that Alphabet is, is actually worth twice as much as Disney. In fact, almost three times. Alphabet is worth yeah. $9.62 billion according to Business Insider. And Apple, Don't even get me started with them, with the the big big tech giants like Google and Apple. 
Because, I mean, Apple literally will squeeze Spotify the fuck up out of here. <laughs> oh, uh, they're like, you know, they tried to get Fortnite the fuck out of here. They was like, you know, if you don't give us the cut of that money, you won't have this game on an iPhone, you won't. I'd be like, I'll be, I'll be damned. They've been strong about everybody out of everything. But the fact that these companies grew to this point, I, I just can't fathom how much a billion dollars is a loan. Well, but that's the thing, though. I try not to think of it um, abstractly. I mean, because if you think about it, we're going to use Spotify. We're going to use Google. Yep. There's a reason why they have a lot of money. It's because they provide a damn good product. And uh, that is the dilemma, is that they have great products, and that's why we support them and purchase their stuff. Yeah. Oh my! Oh uh, my gosh! But you know, it's a lot of money. But we just need some more black people in those positions. You know? Yeah. It's we can always like just go back in history and understand just how the the the, the industry works. But really. Like you said before, it's that hard because of the monopoly they have on the business. In fact, let's yeah. take an example, right? When we were watching Atlanta, right? Um, notice how when uh, on the first episode, in case anyone that hasn't seen Atlanta, spoiler alert, Ern tried to uh, get his cousin's the music play Paperboy in the radio, you know? So he had yeah. to, so like, so like he had to like bribe the local radio station guy to play his song or pay him, you know? Now, the reason why record labels are so enticing to artists is because artists need money to make music, and that's a sad truth. Good quality music, yeah. access to, you know, well, the artists of any kind need money to fund not only staying alive, but making a product that makes them an artist. Right, and that's where you know, I see a few of my friends say that they want to like become a rapper, and I always tell them, you know, you need to have a source of income in order to do that. It's like I understand like you want to follow your dreams. But remember, you need money to survive in this world. Like you do yeah. need to like either work a regular job because you can't just you know be a rapper by day. You know, it's like you it's like you're not going to like be able to pay the bills unless you're a big a big artist. But no, you're just a regular regular old Joe. So, you know, like I said, like in the show, you know, most record labels have access to all that stuff. You know, they'll say, hey, here's a million dollars, go make music, access to the best producers, do 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 what you got to do. But like you said, when they sign that contract, a lot of times the record label is going to own 60% of all the royalties from their music and on top of... But the thing is, is that you hit the nail on the head because all they're doing is giving you access to those people. But you know who the best producers are, who the best artists are? Other black people. Yeah. And if we just had them crafts and we just, you know, nursed it ourselves, we would not need no goddamn record label. I mean, we. Really uh, do. I mean, now right now, everybody is hopping on that gravy train. Uh, there's money in media. There really is. There is. Um, and now that we can like distribute music and stuff ourselves, at least on the platforms that you know we would check for, uh, we have a lot more talking power. And and this is where I would say the beauty in platforms like SoundCloud come in, right? Because 
technically nowadays you don't have to have the radio station to play your music anymore. In fact, you can just just yeah. upload stuff on on either Spotify or SoundCloud. You know, yeah. You know, this really like goes back to what you said before. It's like nowadays we are in such a special predicament because we because we have black folk who do have a say in the any one percent class. I'm giving you a prime example that we always talk about. Jay-Z, for example. I mean, yeah. and Beyonce. Let's just add those two, right? Those are probably maybe the two most powerful married couple artists that I can think about off the top of my head that are Black. So they can literally say, hey, so we're going to start our own like record company, you know, so we have our own like, type of uh, like a distribution. Jay-Z did it the best because he sat at the head of a record label to know how the business works. Yeah. You know why? I mean, Rockefeller Records, I think, still might be a thing, but you know why he's a billionaire? Because Tidal is making him, I want to say, $100 million a year. Somewhere around there. Yeah, Yeah, Rockefeller is still a thing. Rockefeller Records. And he said, you know, he has said at the head of those things, but, you know, there's not a ton of money in music as much as there is owning the platform. Uh, but at the same time, you can build your platform on other platforms, uh, which is kind of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but let's transition to another topic. Uh, only because I feel like we've been on this one. And we're kind of losing the scheme uh, from it. No, we, you know, it's like earlier, I also was going to talk to you about particularly the market and what happened uh, with Nicola. Because you, because you, because you have mentioned that Warren Buffett has always said that uh, most people don't want to get rich slow. And yeah. I was reading this article earlier and it was uh, talking about Warren Buffett's uh, investment portfolio. Just for anyone that is interested, Warren Buffett has a company called the Berkshire Hathaway, which to make a long story short is like an investment conglomerate. And, you know, he was talking about how he never like truly invests in tech startups as much. And I can't remember off the top of my head the reason why he never, he never does. But I think he said it has something to do with the volatile nature of tech stocks, which is literally what we experienced over the past uh, two weeks. In fact, well, also, I think it's just funny. Somebody on Twitter saw, said this, and I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, stocks don't always go up. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Stocks don't always go up. Oh, no, they sure don't. They sure as heck don't. It's like a long-term game where it's just constant up, up and downs. But like over time, you'll see some great, you'll see some great returns. And yeah. and basically, with uh with Nikola, the new electric startup. For anyone that is curious, um, General Motors re- recently bought an eleven percent stake um, in Nikola. I think earlier this week, that raised the stock by I think twenty to thirty, twenty to thirty dollars. And the reason why it's crashing now for anyone that has invested in it is because apparently. Nikola has been lying about their, um, I'll say about their product, and someone has described it as an intricate fraud. 
the whole entire startup is actually a fraud. Even though that is hysterical. But the thing is, is when I heard about it, I was like, this seems like a knockoff Tesla. And, uh, and literally, and, which is where I was going to go next, is that ever since, I think the past maybe two or three years, we have seen a rise, bump, I'm sorry, uh, an, an exponential rise in the amount of electric car startups. And they're trying to and they're trying to get into a market that they know is going to grow because of federal regulations. That's our yeah. worldwide regulations for the environment, particularly with gas powered cars, which of course needs which of course needs to happen. But the issue is that all these Wall Street investors are, you know, um, rev, uh, I would say like giving them in like initial offering of like two to three like like two to three billion dollars because like they believe they could find the next Tesla. We could spend this entire podcast as to why Tesla should not be here and how their whole business model is literally, uh, I'm not gonna say a sham, but is literally- Nonsensical? Nonsensical, in fact, they should not be here. They should not be here at all, but you know what? They are. And that's, that's the best way how I can put it. I mean, they should definitely not be here, but they are. In fact, they are the most valuable car company in the entire world. In fact, one of the most valuable companies in this world because of Elon Musk's shenanigans and what he's been doing. In fact, literally- well, Elon Musk is a, whole, is a whole something. He is something else. In fact, yeah. he's the only man I have ever seen where he can unveil a truck that looks like a Lego block. And people actually forgot that there are federal regulations and that truck is extremely unsafe. In fact, it won't even pass. Not to mention ugly. <laughs> it's, boy, you're gonna, re, you, listen, you're gonna see a lot of flack for that because some people love that truck. I'm, you know, a, I'm an audience where I knew that is not gonna be the final design because I actually- hey, obviously, because it wouldn't work. <laughs> It doesn't even have rear view mirrors, right? It doesn't have side mirrors. Exactly. It doesn't have side mirrors. That's not going to be the final design. But when they unveiled that truck, we saw GMC unveil the brand new Hummer, which to everybody's knowledge, the Hummer is coming back as a fully electric uh, big truck. We saw the Hummer. You know, we saw Rivian. Ram- Hummer, they did do that with Hummer. And that really, was that before or after uh Ford's announced the Mustang is going to be fully electric and also an SUV. Uh, that I don't, that I do not know. All I know is it was around the same, it, it was around the same time, like time span. So I was like, yep, it's already starting. You know, we also had the company like, like Rivian. The electric revolution. Uh, basically it. And, and what I'm trying to get at is that these Wall Street investors are, you know, saying that these companies are worth like so many like billion dollars because they know the technology is the future. But electric, but car companies themselves is, it is almost impossible to start a car c- company because of how much it costs and all the, uh, you know, laws and regulations that the cars need to pass for each, com- for, for you to sell it in the country. So it's very hard to even start start up the business alone. So basically, yeah. a lot of these companies that we see now are probably not going to be here in the next few years, or if they are, they're not going to be any good compared to Tesla. Which, by the way, Tesla still has probably the best electric car out there for anyone that is 
in the market because their whole entire uh, portfolio is tailored around electric cars. Now make no mistake. Hey, are, that uh, I'm, that new Mustang looks like it could go tip for tat. But the thing, okay. So the so the thing about the Mustang is the reason why I'm not a big fan of it is because what Ford is doing is they know how far behind they are in the like electric market, the like electric car market. So you know they say okay, so we're going to build a crossover, which is the uh, number one selling car, uh, I'll say car type in this country, and they um, they need to have a name that's going to um, attract more like more like more interest so they chose a mustang because because they know that the mustang has a very strong following and they know that's going to like like generate sales like i'm pretty sure i guess so is, uh, hmm? mustang sales have been going down for years though yeah. uh now honestly all sports car sales are going down but it's not for yeah. the reason that most people think because we as like millennials and Gen Zers view view cars like differently than our parents because just to think about it, twenty to thirty years ago, our our dollar went further as far as like, we got more like we got more bang for our buck, you know, like uh-huh. like like in the nineties, rent was probably like three hundred to four hundred bucks. As far as now, it's almost a thousand dollars more. But the difference is is that the wages have not kept up with the inflation as as you definitely know. So therefore, it's like we can't afford to, you know, A, buy a house and B, have like two or three cars because most, yeah. people, like, most people are not going to have a sports car as their first and only car because of, you know, it's not as practical as like, you know, like an SUV or a four-door. So yeah. crossovers is basically like a combination of having a car and a truck, which as a car dude is so stupid. But to most people, they're like, yeah, you know, a car that can just all do one. So that's my well, but the thing is, though, mm-hmm. is that when it comes to electric cars, I think they're seeing it as you know, there's no reason to have the same standards. Well, not the same standards, but the same presidents. Um, because if you're going to make an electric car that, for the most part, can go, you know, on par with the regular sports car, uh, except make it electric and make it, you know, more useful, like all around, uh, you know, why wouldn't you do that? Um, now, I will say is that um, that's the whole notion with like what crossovers are in general, which is a car that can pretty much uh, like uh, do it all. And see now, the thing is, is that they may have called this thing a Mustang, but they're also going to be like unveiling a new like Mustang platform where it's like, it's going to be like, just like a bigger, more like luxury car in the future anyway. So yeah. it's like, now they're going to have a Mustang truck and also like a Mustang, like bigger, more luxurious car. And now make, now make, now make no mistake, uh, listeners, electric cars are much faster than gasoline powered cars in terms of like short term races. And what I mean is, we step on a gas, I'm sorry, like we step on the accelerator and like an electric car, the car just goes, I'm sorry, it has quicker acceleration compared to a gas car. And, and you can generate a lot more power with more uh, batteries. So the sports cars are always still going to be here. But with the Mustang, 
I think that it's just a marketing ploy to call that crossover a Mustang because they could have called it the Mach E and that would have been a great name itself. But to a lot of it's like, but but they also like they also alienated a lot of their uh, customers that are diehard Mustang fans. But well, well, that's what I'm getting at though is that while it technically, I mean, it's something new entirely, but at the same time, you know. This is where it's going. Lamborghinis out here making trucks, you know. Yeah, they uh, are. Well, yeah, no, it's like so, crossovers are the number one selling uh, car types in the world. You know, in fact, yeah. looking at trying to buy a crossover, you know. But it's like, yeah. but it's like all of us now view cars in a, a different way. Practicality. Yeah, in terms of like practice, like honestly, like practicality and being able to afford one. Because also, yeah. cars are way more expensive now than what they were like back then. Yeah. way more way more expensive so you know it's like with all Just these startups, corporate greed corporate, corporate greed and inflation corporate greed inflation you get all these startups popping up out of nowhere where people are saying hey this will be worth like five billion dollars in two years but yet it goes under in like a year so you know yeah. yes i was saying like tech stock is so volatile that's why i lost some money this week but I ain't surprised though, man. I knew that shit was I knew that shit shit was a gamble anyway. Yeah. You know, speaking of gambling, uh, I well I guess it's not really gambling, but since we are talking about, you know, big companies, you know, stock market and things like that, uh, I do not trade Forex. I do just want to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> And we actually just hit the hour mark, so I just want to say thank you anybody who is still here, still listening. Uh, an hour into the podcast, give yourself a round of applause. I should have had a round of applause thing ready. I'll have it next time at the next episode when we uh, hit the hour mark. Yep. But thanks for being here at this time. Um, so it's talking about big companies and stuff like that. We got to talk about Africa. We got to talk about how Africa is on the come up. Hey. And... Black is the future. I just, for my audience, for the audience out there, I just want to point out again, is that Africa should have, should have always been number one because all the things that we build out of, all the technology that we see nowadays comes from precious metals that is mined out of the DRC. If you're the source of the materials that makes this stuff, you should be rich, but that's not the case. But, you want to say that for me one more time, Tony? All I'm going to say is, if you are the source of materials that builds things that are worth over a billion dollars, you should get a piece of the pie. But I'm trying, I'm trying to pull up one of uh, DJ Clue's bombs. Let me see if, uh, let me see. <laughs> but I had that Joe Budden type of thing. We had that like gunshot in the background. I can give you a air horn. There we go. Go ahead. talking no you're good yeah so you know with that all in mind you know there's a reason why i say that if you look at the continent itself it is i think top two most diverse countries on this planet in terms of wildlife and as far as continent rare earth metals and i and i'm not talking like gold 
or diamonds. And I'm, I'm talking like metals on the periodic table that is used to build our cell phones, the TVs. The well, batteries. not even just gold and diamonds. Yeah. Not, you're saying not even, but also gold and diamonds. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> even those two. I'm talking like pretty much all kinds of earth metals. The stuff that builds pretty much the things that we deem essential in our lives in the Western world and in the most developed world. Even just some of the raw materials that aren't even metals. Just some of like, literally, China right now is gutting Africa in certain places to build their roads and their infrastructure. In fact, uh, I think Akon, which by the way, shout out to Akon though. He's doing some fantastic things for, he's from Senegal. The world? Yeah, yeah, for the world. I mean, he's literally like trying to build his own town out there, if I'm correct. I think he's trying to have his own currency, like a, a cryptocurrency for, uh, I think, that particular city. He's the thing is, is that if he pulls that off, he would be goaded for life. Yeah, yeah. And so, beyond. So I just read an article on uh, Black Enterprise where it says that uh, like Akon breaks ground with construction on a $6 billion smart city out in Senegal. That's which, nuts. Which, which actually what I was talking to you about was that if, if we had that kind of money, I would just say, you know, I'm going to build my own city for this particular uh, purpose. And the reason why I bring up Akon is because uh, I watched this interview with DJ Vlad and he pointed out that he had a billion dollar uh, credit line thing from a I think I think either from the Chinese government or from a Chinese uh, solar panel manufacturer because you know he could because like, he did provide uh, like electricity for millions yeah. of Africans which in itself like deserves a Nobel Peace Prize but you know they don't care about Africa they don't I care. have always thought about that I was like if I ever become rich I will really start heavily investing in Africa especially Ethiopia right now that's in the top five uh, world's growing economies. Yep. Uh, not only is just the, we got to shout out all the greatest uh, Ethiopians. Uh, let me get the sound effect ready. Uh, who we got in terms of great Ethiopians? Pull some up. Do you realize how big of a list head is? Do you realize, like, you put me on the spot, bro. I got to. Google it. Google it. We should know more. We got we got uh, the weekend. Give me one second. We got uh, somebody well, else's Ethiopia. Well, we could just say that if I remember correctly, like, like Ethiopia was one of the few, if I probably the only country in Africa that was not uh, colonized, that was not colonized by the Europeans. That in itself is an accomplishment. Yeah, it really is. Um, and it's crazy because uh, you can fact check what the, again, the biggest economies on the growth are, but I've been hearing for a while, Ethiopia is ripe. It's about to be, you know, a powerhouse. Um, and I believe it. And not only could you really be helping some people by investing in there, but you could make that money grow. I think there's actually... People hate blackness so much they don't even want to touch Africa. The thing is, is that I was watching a uh, like a little docu series on that, 
essentially there aren't that many places that want to help develop um, Africa because racism, like, and I'm not even gonna say racism, but like companies that have thought about developing there, like have literally, um, has just thought about like that market is too underdeveloped, you know? They still think of them as people running around, you know, in deserts and stuff, fighting off, you know, lions and shit. Which is They're crazy. like, oh yeah, our product is not, you know, we don't have the capacity to launch it there. Which is crazy. Like, <laughs> Can I, I just want to point out that now audience fact check me on this as well, but aren't Africans the most educated like demographic in the United States of America? Probably. Uh, I, how's the audience going to fact check you? I mean, they can just grill you in the comments, I guess. But <laughs> most places we post this aren't even going to have a comment section. Yep. Thank um, you. But yeah, just blatant racism is really why nobody wants to invest there. But you know who has been heavily investing in Africa? Who? China. China yeah. has been helping, you know, develop a lot of, you know, infrastructure in a lot of these African countries. And it's like, you know, the United States right now, especially considering what's going on, uh, we're having this terrible race relations and stuff. And it's like, you know, Asian Orange is talking about how China's the next big threat or whatever, but the only reason they're the next big threat is because we're too busy just kissing our own ass. Yeah. Just a heads up, uh, Agent Orange is Donald J. Trump. We don't call him our president. Donald Donald Trump. Donald Donald Sakatari. <laughs> Donald Donald. Donald Donald Trump. Oh my gosh. You know, so according to the study, it says that Asian Americans have the highest educational attainment. But I will say is that Africans my fellow Africans are definitely high on that list. Shout out to all of our uh, African friends that are out there listening. Shout out to all the people of, uh, name some places, South Africa. Shout out to my people of Ethiopia and Eritrea. Uh, we really should get some sound effects yeah, on I, here. Shout out pretty much all the countries because I think I met so many people from so many regions. I met someone. Let me see if I can... Get a, can you get a sound effect going? Can you play one from your computer? Let me uh, see. Okay, real quick. I'll continue talking while I, while I find it. Yeah. But, you know, shout out to all of our, uh, our friends and listeners over there uh, from Ethiopia, South Africa, Senegal, Tanzania. Uh, who else can get a shout out? Egypt. We got some friends from Egypt. Um, Nigeria, Ghana, Nigeria, Gambia, you know, you know, Somalia, who, definitely Somalia as well, man. That's yeah. from Tanzania or Tanzania, as one of our friends has it. Tanzania. Yeah. That's funny. But I can't, I can't um, anything. This one that that you that we're gonna have to do before the podcast starts. Just a heads up. Yeah, we'll do that next time. The thing is, we're doing this off of my phone. And like I said, when I do this on my computer next, I'm going to have uh, my phone on standby to do effects. Did you hear that? But, uh, 
Yeah. Well, it sounded like a pop. That was actually a gunshot. That's all. Why did you get an actual real gunshot? No, like, like that's Just all. Just get real. airborne. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear an accurate gunshot depiction. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Put some pizzazz on that shit. Let me see real quick. Look up an air horn. Is that, like, you know, how is this? Can we let it play out? Shit, no, hold on. Nope. There is way too many options. You having fun? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't find it. Uh, it's cool. Y'all will get a drop next time. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i just really thinking about, you know, Afrofuturism. Uh, can you please drop some kind of a sound effect while you're still up there, though? Let me know if you can hear this. Uh, can we please just say, rest in peace, chat with Bozeman. Uh, you know, lost one of the greats. I feel like I'm inappropriately using that sound effect. Uh, did you hear that? Can you hear this? Did you hear that? No, not at all. I heard something. But hold on, hold on. RIP chat with Bozeman. Uh, one of the greatest. We lost the black icon. Black people, do not let this waver your spirits. Nah, don't. Trust me. Because he definitely did do all this while he was terminally ill. So, yep. don't think like it was sudden. Honestly, I'm just glad that it wasn't by police violence or like anything of that nature that could have been prevented. Yeah. No, because that would definitely set everything off. The which, most high called him home. Which actually we should definitely talk about. I know it's probably talked about a lot as far as the effects that Black Panther had, but we can talk about how it affected us because I feel like that's a real iffy thing to talk about Africa and then slide right into Black Panther. No. Um, no, I would say but now I was that. just gonna say I brought it up to talk about Afrofuturism and how black is the future. But say what you were gonna say. Now I was saying is the film itself highlighted what could have been of Africa if it was never touched by colonialism and I would say invaders because everything that you saw of Black Panther represented Africa that was not touched by European uh, influence whatsoever. And what I mean is, I'll give you a prime example. Let's talk about the hairstyles by the women in the film. None of the hairstyles were straightened in the slightest. Not because straight hairstyles. Well, look- most of them were also bald. Huh? I'm not talking about the Dora Milaje. I'm talking like, for example, Lupita. The Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje, excuse me. Let's take Lupita like Nyong'o, for example, right? Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. I think. I think she said this as well in one of her like interviews where she said that, you know, the hairstyles and the fashion they see is not influenced by Europe and none of the women had straight hair because they never thought of the idea of straightening their hair for a fashion reasons. They stuck with the hair that they knew. And that was, you know, the natural kinky to tight curls or loose curls depending upon, you know, how their hair quality, quality was. You know. And I'm not saying that straight hair looks bad because it definitely does not. But as you know, in America, you know, um, European features. White skin is the right skin? 
yeah, that that's that's literally it. Like European features were considered more like beautiful, and African features were considered terrible. So that's why the perm came about. You know, even though perm does quote relax hair and make it easier to work with, it is definitely damaging. The reason why it was used is because, hey, you know, straight hair was considered quote professional and right. To put it okay. real quick, let's have a uh, quiz. Um, five points for anybody at home. Don't look this up. Who invented the perm? Tony, you can fact check me. We're going to let them have a little Jeopardy. We're not going to do this. Uh, Madam C.J. Walker. If I'm not mistaken, she was the first black millionaire as well from inventing a perm. Please fact check me on this. Huh? Well, so... It's mixed. So the first thing I see is there's a hairdresser named Carl Nessler, who is a German, supposed supposedly. Um, no, we don't claim that shit. Now, hold on, hold on, now, hold on. Let me check real quick. The perma last that someone say is Garrett Morgan. I'm finding all kinds of sources. So a lot of people say it's Madam C.J. Walker. That was actually a terrible quiz because I'm seeing all kinds of answers. This is why you okay. can't. Here's another Jeopardy round. Uh, there we go. Also, let's shout out Alex Trebek. He's been classy this whole time. Um, and speaking of, you know, performers acting through illness, you know, he also has cancer. I think it's stage uh, And I have always loved Jeopardy, huh? I think it's stage four, if I'm correct. Yeah. So, you know, bless him, his family. Love Jeopardy. Uh you know, let's hope we have a lot more, uh, many more long years with him. I couldn't even imagine the show without Alex. But let's have another Jeopardy moment. Uh, what is the language spoken in the Black Panther film? That's um, a lot better. And I know that one off the top of my head, too. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I said, five points for anybody at home. You can catch points in for fucking nothing i don't know i might come up with a point system um and i might have people like tweet us or something like you know you know yeah i think i'll do that i'll cash out people like five bucks or something you know listen to the podcast win five bucks bring money into listen yeah you best um <laughs> i mean well uh you know, we should do that, I guess, at the end of every podcast. I'll tell everybody what it is now. Uh, it's, I actually don't know how to pronounce it, do you? Uh, I heard it once, but I was hoping that you did, but I'll, but I'll just spell it out. X. It's X-E Sosa. X-H-O-S-A. That is a yeah, real Yeah, it's pronounced like, it's pronounced uh, E Sosa or He Sosa. I'm butchering it, please. Forgive me, everyone out there listening. Jose? But I've only heard it pronounced by somebody who spoke that language. I think it's Jose. I could be 100% wrong. No, it's, I'm telling you, I've heard it pronounced. It's like E I Sosa. Yes. Like the X is pronounced like um, like a Y I. And then the H is like Ho Sa. Yeah, I'm going to look it up real quick. Pronunciation. But, you know, if I remember correctly, the actor that played uh, T'Challa's father actually spoke in real life. 
So I think they said it was just a little bit easier just to, 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 to like transition or like bring a language into the film. Yeah. I think, I think the only place, huh? It says, hold on, this is weird. Play the play a video. If you Google it, like how to pronounce it, a YouTube video should pop up, like how to pronounce it. Can you play it out loud for the audience? It's like so a we don't keep string it. It's like a click sound. Yeah. It's a ah oh, gosh, hold on. You know, like I said, just play it because I wasn't gonna try to pronounce it. Give me one second. Hold on. Kosa. Yeah, somebody said Kosa, but of course that's not like the actual click sound that is actually pronounced in the language or like that's not that is actually said in the language i can't find somebody who's actually african oh bro this is each hold on just, just give me one second Listen, took so long um but anyway it was worth it i believe i'm going to teach you how to say the clicks for example Kosa, my language that i speak. oh run that back oh yeah yeah for example Kosa, my language that i speak it is. But you gotta like click it though. You gotta like click it. Well, I'm not gonna do that. That gets real fucking offensive. Um, offensive, and I already have an aneurysm trying to do that because the English yeah. language is not like that in the slightest. Yeah. Um, but we have been in this topic for way too long. <laughs> I only brought this up. Afrofuturism. Uh, you know, just really shout out to that. Um, largely that film for kind of waking a lot of people up and it's kind of weird but i think we just needed a morale boost we just needed to see a black superhero shit done on screen you know yeah. a uh, black superhero that is from africa who is very very powerful in fact like who I, is rich who's muscular who don't take shit from nobody i mean literally like in the film like after watching the film i thought to myself hmm, i do want to visit wakanda oh it's not real we don't have a haven like that. No, like there, there is no haven where, you know, my skin is not deemed as dangerous. You know. Yeah, that's why we gotta buy black, black-owned businesses. Trying yeah. to get me on all my niggas rich. That's the bar that I wrote. Is what, is what we is what we gotta do, you know. And this can also lead to a topic talking about. You know how some people have said that if we segregate again, things will get better, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, talking about. Yeah, like, I don't know about all that. Yeah, I know, but it's like their their argument is if we only have each other. I'm sorry. Yeah, like if we only have each other, then we can only support each other's like businesses and whatnot. And what it and what they're talking about is like trying to bring back uh, Black Wall Street and stuff like that, which is definitely, yeah. in fact, technically. We definitely so have it, just that we don't own the products that we sell, you know? Like, you know, this might be a really crazy idea, and this is where it's just going to go left. Uh, and I will let you finish your point, but I just want to bring up, where do you think that might be? What do you mean as far as Black Wall Street? Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't think there's like any place. I mean, ever talking like in terms of culture capital of America... You could argue that Atlanta is the culture capital of America right now. Well, I think a lot of niggas from New York and Compton might disagree with that. But well, no offense to them, but all I'm gonna say is New York has had its New York has had its time. No offense to New York folk. You guys have had 
an astronomical influence on the culture of America itself. Like you guys are the media capital of the world. But as far as black culture right now, it's probably Atlanta. And this is where the battle going on right now. Because for the new giants. The thing is though, is that I can't say it's just Atlanta. I kind of have to group all of the South together. Uh, yeah. Because it literally is the South, which in a sense kind of makes New York niggas goaded because uh, New York it, as a city is taking on the entire South and they're taking on the West Coast, like the whole West Coast. The entire West Coast. And like most rappers are either from the Bay Area or they're from LA area. Yeah. So the thing is, though, is that the South is more spread out. We don't have as many huge cities, which is why we think of Atlanta. But we yeah. have a lot of great rappers coming out of Florida. And on the next podcast, we got I might want to share my something in the water story. But Joe Budden said that shit best. Producing geniuses is what Virginia does. Um, that nigga said he also kisses his fucking dog in the mouth or whatever. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't even want to hear that shit. You know, we're going to hold that for the X-rated version of the podcast because I I have a few. Let's hold that for the never version of the the podcast. (laughs) No, look, um, let's think about Think about how many people have come out of Virginia. We got Chris Brown, Timbaland, Pharrell, Trey Songs, Masego, Pusha T, Pusha Thanos, You said Missy Elliott, right? Yeah, I think I did. Okay. We got a lot of goats coming out of Virginia. That's all people need to know. Big, um, big, but continue about Black Wall Street. Hmm? I said big, uh, big baby drama as well. Yeah. Black Wall Street. But I only bring this up to say uh, we're just talking about culture capitals. Um, the South is just kind of spread out, and we do have big cities in the South, but Houston is popping right now. It is. Uh, it definitely is. But the reason why the South kind of rotates every couple of years, like we might have a few years where Atlanta's up, we have a few years where Houston is up, a few years where somewhere else is up. North Carolina was up last year with, you know, the baby and the whole fucking Dreamville rollout. Was that last year or year before last? Last year, J. Cole and um, Loot. His boy Loot. All of Dreamville. Well, they're not all from North Carolina, but I think most of them are from like that South area. Yeah, I know that J.I.D. Earth Gang is from uh, Atlanta, which is crazy because they all met at Hampton, if I'm correct, which is in what state? Virginia. Yeah. I know Boz is from New York, so he's like so he's a Queens dude. So that's so that's for sure. But uh where was I going with this? Oh my point being though is that Virginia is not only the place where this country was started, it's also right next door to the capital. But it's also and Maybe this might walk back all that credit I just gave Virginia. Also used to be the fucking Confederate capital. Yes. Uh, 
Do we're gonna hold the Pharisee for another podcast, my my boy? His but man. I'm only bringing that up to say how crazy would it be if we made Richmond, the former Confederate capital, the next Black Wall Street? We just rebuilt that whole city. Are we already at DC, DC, the Chocolate City. It used to be. There's a lot of light business. It used I mean, to be. it is getting gentrified like crazy. Yeah, it used to be the Chocolate City, but you know, you're 100% right. Which, you know, we, we, that would be, that's actually a very interesting idea in terms of taking back the capital of the nation that wanted to keep us enslaved and we turned it into our little, into our little gym. But of course, a lot of people are going to be against that because they're like, you know, no, you know, we need to build our own city, go somewhere else because it could that say it used to be the Confederate capital. We don't want to, you know, touch it at all. But at the same time, it's like a city is a city. And you may have hit the uh, hammer right there on the nail. That's actually not a bad idea. That is not a bad idea. It'd be controversial, but I'm not opposed to it at all. You know, and the craziest thing about Virginia, too, and we're coming up on the 130 mark, so this is going to be the last thing I say. Okay. Uh, but back in high school, I remember when we were learning about what gerrymandering is, and for everyone at home, Let's have a little uh, lesson. Uh, not to insult the audience, not saying you don't know, but just in case anybody out there isn't too familiar, uh, gerrymandering is when when they draw voting maps. And this is very crucial because we are in a voting year. Vote for your life, please. And don't vote for Kanye West. I will personally run you the fade. Don't uh, vote for Donald either because then you support someone that legit let us all die. Literally. Uh, Trump lied, people die. But, and if you support Trump, you can just fuck off my platform. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> it's that point blank period. But, what was I saying? Now you're saying, um, talking about gerrymandering, is basically... Gerrymandering, gerrymandering. Yeah, they, when they draw congressional maps, they basically clump people into sectors uh, to basically get an advantage in the polls. Um to make a long, complicated thing simple. Uh, they redraw the maps to make the number, they fudge the numbers that way. Um, in high school, when we came to that topic, Virginia at the time had actually been considered one of the worst gerrymandered states in the country. Like yeah. we had a really bad gerrymandering scandal. Um, and it's just kind of crazy because, you know, when people think of Virginia, they think of like, oh, the backwoods and all that, blah, 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 you know, deep south kind of thing. Um, I mean, and it's not as bad as other states because I know there is probably a handful of people that it's like, well, no, that's Mississippi and no, that's North Carolina. But it was pretty uh, bad. Excuse me. To it, it was pretty bad. Uh, literally, once they sorted out the gerrymandering and then they just started drawing them or redrawing them a little more fairly, uh, Virginia switched blue. Everything we have been on the course for uh, in terms of like progression and whatnot has been pretty okay. Uh, and it's really kind of like, I, I think that is very telling. You know, it's kind of weird. I think Virginia could probably break again uh like split again um like you mean like you mean like it's a north or west virginia i'm not, not so not west virginia like south virginia or east virginia 
I think everything on the East Coast, like Arlington, all of that stuff, and even Virginia Beach and stuff, I think that could all just be considered East Virginia. And then everywhere else, the Appalachians and that part, let that just be considered regular Virginia. Well, you know, so basically you're saying that the Appalachian Mountains is more, is a lot more rural as far as the coast. Well, not just the mountains, but the more west you go in Virginia, I mean, there's a reason why we have West Virginia, uh, but the more west you go, the more kind of Bible Belty Virginia gets. Yeah. But if you are on the east or in the north, um, Virginia is pretty chill. Um, which is kind of a weird topic. I'm not, it's not the kind of, I don't want to make everything super duper political. But yeah. to make a long story short, um, you know, it would be a really interesting idea to, you know, make over here the black capital of at least the United States. But we're at that one minute and 30 mark. You have anything else you want to bring up, say anything you want to plug, anything like that? No, I just wanted to actually to cap off. I just kind of want to tell people, you know, keep your head up during these tough times. Come November 3rd, vote for your life. Now I'm going to just tell y'all oh. straight up. I don't mean to influence y'all, but don't vote for Donald Trump. That's I that. should make a song about voting and I should sell that to the Democratic Party and yeah. make that the voting anthem. You probably should because, listen, I don't, I don't care about his political party. You look at everything he has done so far the past four years and what he has stood for, you'd be voting for a man that will literally let you die over his own incompetence. Well, he is the not thing about him. stupid people is they don't like to admit they're stupid. They don't at all. And if someone says, well, freedom of choice, yeah, you have a freedom of choice, but I also believe you're not stupid. Are you really want to vote for someone Despite, you know, you may not like a real bias other policies. Are you going to vote for someone who is an idiot or someone that at least kind of knows what they're doing? You know, idiocy hits too close to home for some people. But we will save this for another time. This has been the first episode of the Victory, uh, Victory Click podcast. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Don't judge me for that. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, follow us on everything. Follow uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, follow me on the Prince of Roads on all platforms, music, uh, social media, all that stuff. Uh, like I said, like this, wherever you are listening to this too. Thank you guys so much for listening to us talk uh, about all this random stuff for an hour and a half. Uh, Tony, anything you want to tell the listeners? Anything you want to say? That's it. Uh, y'all take care and have a blessed one. All right, tune in next time, guys. Can't wait to uh, talk with you guys. Peace. Peace.